Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. If you've ever considered applying for The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, or any reality TV in general, then keep watching. Today, I'm going to share some tips on how to successfully land an interview with a reality TV show. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today is Friday. That means this is This Week in Bachelor Games. Nation. Bachelor Nation. <laughs> <laughs> we will be covering This Week in Gains as well. Shit. We will be talking about those beautiful gains of all of our players across their social media accounts and the ratings of this television program that we love called The Bachelor. We're going to be giving you those juicy tids in Bachelor Nation news. We have some screams from the pit. We have some parasocial plays to get to. But before we get to any of that, we have some very good news. Many people, and by many, I mean thousands, maybe tens of thousands, have been DMing me asking, are you guys going to be doing the audiobook of How to Win the Bachelor, our magnum opus, our life's work? And the answer is yes. We have gotten the official start of the audiobook underway. Clues and I already started recording yesterday. I'm already hoarse. It is. <laughs> they, they told us it would be harder than you think, but it was still harder than I thought, even with that mental adjustment. But you give me shit every week when we're talking about the contest that we're going to run to support our book, how I'm playing a pre IFI when we're going to do our fucking hooju contest if we get 50%. Now you do one day of an audiobook and you're already IFI hoarse voice. What? Is this an audiobook? contest i didn't know we were competing oh my god i'm just saying you're already playing fucking ifis in your recording of the audiobook that's fine that's fine i was just trying to give a day in the life you know like a yeah giving a glimpse into you know the glitz and the glam but pulling back the curtain sure a little bit on the process yeah everything that shines ain't always gonna be gold someone once said so in this case the audiobook comes with a cost for you there's Physical injury occurring. <laughs> it's just because I'm putting my heart and soul into it. That's and right. that's why it's going to be so good. Specifically my chapters, because I guess Clues and I are competing, which I had not considered until this conversation. I didn't view it as that either, but now I do also. So for everybody out there who can't get <laughs> enough of the sound of our voices, hoarse or otherwise, you can now mm. get the audiobook. You can pre-order it. You go to howtowinthebachelor.com. You do that pre-order. And you're going to be hearing more of us reading from this book that we wrote, which is a complete guide to everything that happens in the game, how the game is played, how you can win it, all the various stages of it, all the different kinds of dates that you can go on, all the different stages throughout the course of a regular season, the playoffs, the finals, after the final rows, the women tell all what you should be doing after the show, what you should be doing before the show. We even have a comprehensive history of the entire fucking game, all 25 of the first seasons of The Bachelor, where we break down all the important stuff that happens from each of them. That's in the back of the book. We think you're really going to enjoy it. 
And again, like I said, now you can listen to us read it, which is going to be pretty interesting. But now that you bring this up, I'm like, I'm very curious. Maybe we'll do a poll. Who, which chapters turned out the best? Oh, God, <laughs> no. This is horrible. This is making this worse. Terrible. Well, the audiobooks do count towards the pre-order. We've talked about how important getting our pre-order numbers up are. So, you know, if this was the, the holdout, pull the trigger, you know? Get it as a gift for someone, you know? It feels great to give. That's true. Mm-hmm. I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> but thank you to everybody who has pre-ordered the book already. Everybody who's about to pre-order the book, audio book or otherwise, we're super excited that we get to read this book because it's in our voice. I think at this point, especially, we put so much time and effort into this. Hearing somebody else read the audiobook would have been very strange for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad that we're doing it. I think it would have been funny because they would get to things like Huju and it would be like, the Huju is the most important subsport of our game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that we I don't ever have to hear anyone say Huju because that would hurt me psychologically. Huju. How dare you? You're trying to psychologically attack me so that my chapters will be worse. <laughs> no, I hate this. I don't want this to be a competition. This, okay, it should be noted this is my first audiobook. Clues has read audiobooks before. That is true. Just keep that in mind. I'm now, I think, going to take this to such a crazy level. This is my PVC, my personal virginity card for uh, <laughs> audiobook reading. Oh my God. I feel like this new element that we're talking about, that it's a composition is going to make me read my chapters in the craziest fucking possible way and they will be unlistenable ultimately because I'm going to be trying to make my shit like so fucking over the top. People are going to be like, what is fucking wrong with this guy? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm going to hire Jim Dale to come in and do mine. Oh, nice. It's not even you. I'll be like, shit, she really learned how to manipulate her voice. Mm -hmm. Thank you to everybody again who has already pre-ordered and who is going to pre-order and now we are going to move on to that portion of This Week in Bachelor Nation, where we begin to speak about the state of our game. What is going on with it? How is it evolving in this season 18 of The Bachelorette, in this post-Bachelor in Paradise season 7 era, coming out of the bubble seasons, moving into what will be a traditional season, at least in terms of travel, in terms of the mansion, in Bachelor season 26 with Clayton Eckerd. We're moving toward all that. And so what does that mean for the game? And specifically, what does it mean where other materials are concerned that get created in promotion of the show? And we have with us for our State of the Game segment this week, a very special guest, someone we think you're going to love, someone who we know you already do love. This is Game, game of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. As we all know, our beloved game has grown over the years, permeating every level of American culture. And as a result, it has become the inspiration for a whole host of other Bachelor-related media. We obviously know about podcasts. We're doing one right now. We obviously know about books. We've written one. We know about YouTube channels. And now there is even a musical. And today, we are humbled to have with us for State of the Game, the producer of the first season of The Vial Files and the writer-producer of Bachelor the Musical, Rachel Meese. Welcome. Hello. Yay. Glad to be back. 
Glad to have you as always. Welcome back, Rochelle. Woo! So you've written Bachelor the Musical. It is now going to be a fully fledged production that people can go into a theater and watch. It's crazy. It's crazy. Can you give us the backstory of this? What yes. was your original inspiration for Bachelor the Musical? How did you start writing it? How did it get to this point? Give us the whole story. It started way before I was even producer on The Vile Files. I actually went to see a Game of Thrones musical parody here in LA, and I was blown away. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And I was literally sitting there like, I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was like, what do I know everything about? And obviously The Bachelor. So that's when it all started. And it's, it's honestly, this is embarrassing, but it's taken me about five years to get to this point. <laughs> I don't think that's embarrassing. Why is that embarrassing? Oh, I don't know. So I feel like oh, most people would have given up by now. <laughs> no, but that's fucking great. COVID takes away like 10 years from yeah. any, any calculations <laughs> at this point. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Subtract two years from everything. Yeah. Like the perseverance required to do this is admirable. That's Thank not like you. any shitty thing. It's like if you want to produce things in this world, you have to fucking put your nose to the grindstone. You have to fucking do it longer and harder than anybody else if you want it to get done. You guys know that better than anybody, right? In that book, how long did the book take? Oh, just a couple of weeks. <laughs> Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took a very long time and a, a huge amount of work. But so you start writing it. At what yes. point are you like, oh, this is funny. This is a good song. I think this is going to be... Yeah. Awesome. So uh, there used to be a theater in LA, sad to say that, but it was called Upright Citizens Brigade. It was founded by Amy Poehler, among others, and they had little 30-minute spots. So we did the show in 30 minutes, and I had a stupid amount of people on stage, like 17. I was trying to have like every girl. <laughs> <laughs> but people freaking loved it, and it was just fun. The actors loved being in it because there's so many jokes to be made about this show that even people who don't watch understand for some reason. Of course. A lot of it is reality TV tropes, but I mean, the biggest one to start off with was the sob story song, which I know you guys call PTC, personal tragedy mm -hmm. card. Right. We, we call sob story, but... Is that the first one you wrote? That was because that's the silliest thing. They, they're all just chatting normally, then all of a sudden they go into this really dramatic song. <laughs> Can you give us a line or two from this song? Oh, he's like, tell me about yourself. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm a pants and shirt specialist, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, very cool. And then she's like, and my mom and dad both died <laughs> from cancer this year. <laughs> and then it just gets worse and worse. Every girl's story's worse. <laughs> right. That's beautiful. So you're obviously a musical fan as well. Oh, yeah. I majored in musical theater clues. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's not that crazy. I have a BFA in music. It's a little crazy. So the thing you actually went to school for, <laughs> you're not doing as a job. I know. Dang. Funny how that works, isn't it? I mean, when you go to school, I went to film school and it's like, I guess I, <laughs> I've done that for a job as well. Yeah. Wait, you're working on television. Yeah. I always feel yeah. like those, those kind of majors, right. you graduate with this fucking piece of paper and a whatever your debt is. And you're like, wait a minute, how the fuck am I going to eat with this? <laughs> and then somehow you find a way. I always find that to be a good uplifting story. Follow your dreams, kids. That is true. It took a while, but I did find a way. Yeah. Follow your dreams. It might take you a long time. You might be really poor, but hey. Shit, I should be a therapist by now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that what you majored in, Lizzie? I have to go. I majored in psychology. Wait, yeah. you did? I didn't realize that. But to some degree, you are. You're applying that major Ooh. to psychologically analyzing all the players in our Ooh. beloved game. 
You totally yeah. are. You really are. In this era where The Bachelor is so big, <laughs> state of the game wise, <laughs> yes. that all of these peripheral pieces of media are able to be made, some of them successful. How do you feel like your show is going to do? And first of all, let me also ask, where is it playing? How did yes. it come into actual existence? How did you go from writing it and showing <laughs> it at UCB to now it's yeah. going to be in a theater? So uh, we did it at a bigger theater and we got written up in The Hollywood Reporter. But at the very end of that article, I said, oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't think I was like being written written about anymore, recorded. And I was like, oh yeah, ABC sent me a cease and desist. So that was the headline of the article. ABC tries to shut down musical. But the actual <laughs> article itself was really complimentary towards the show. And I got a bunch of meetings from that. And eventually this uh, production company that specializes in parody musicals um, bought the rights. So we're working with them and really great people. They really like the show, which is fun. And they bought this they bought out the Apollo Theater in Chicago, and it's going to be their first time back. So it's very exciting. And they're putting all their parody shows there. Nice. So, yeah, we're going to be at the Apollo. It's a really amazing theater uh, all of January and possibly into February, which is a very cold time to be in Chicago. But you know what they say, laughter warms the soul. That's true. Mm, That's true. Clues. That's like, what else do you have to do? Just come, you know, laugh about The Bachelor. Yeah, that's fantastic. Congratulations. This is really awesome. Yeah, it's going to have a set for the first time, real costumes, you know. It's going to mm. be... Is it Bachelor Mansion? Oh, yeah. You know it is, Lizzie. You know it is. Hell yeah. That's cool <laughs> as shit. I hope you took the one from the After the Final Rose where they started the season early. Wait, what? when was that? They've done it a couple of seasons. They did it for Becca Kufrin. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that, where they kind of made the studio into the mansion. <gasps> Maybe we could buy that, honestly. <laughs> but how do people get tickets to this if they are in the Chicago area or they want to travel to the Chicago area in January or February? Yeah, make a little trip of it. Go to bachelorthemusical.com and you can buy tickets there. The Apollo website is the it's just apollochicago.com. But I think bachelorthemusical.com is pretty easy to remember as well. They're not available right now, but they will be up in the next week. Perfect. And you can also sign up for the, um, we have like a little newsletter on bachelorthemusical.com. You can sign up. Can I ask about the cease and desist? Yes, you can. What was it? So they, you know, obviously they're mad because they have their own show they're touring. Oh, uh, Bachelor Live. Bachelor Live. Are, have you guys seen that? Not yet. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's unfortunately touring at the same time. But they wanted me to not use any roses in the promotion for the show. I guess they have, you know, a right to all roses and posters and whatnot. Whatever. I was like, fine. They've copywritten the most popular flower in the world. Right? Well, no, they can't, obviously. Right? That cease and desist was probably just to try and scare you. There's yeah. no way they could legally enforce the use of roses as a proprietary thing that only this fucking show can right? do. Are you kidding me? So we put a daisy in his hand. I'm like, this looks so stupid. Uh, but clues, I'm scared. They tried to scare me and it worked. That's the problem. <laughs> don't be scared. What's the worst that can happen? They sue me for money I don't have. <laughs> but exactly. What, how are they going to get it? Yeah. You're fine. I yeah. wouldn't be scared of it. I think this sounds fantastic. And I hope that this thing runs forever. Thank you. We just had to change the font a little bit. 
But the fun thing is we get to add in all the new jokes all the time of the newest silly thing that's happened. Right. So it's always changing a bit. That's cool. So it's topical. It is a little topical. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. This is unrelated to your musical, but related to our beloved game. What do you think of the current season, Michelle Young's season and the state of the game as it now sits? What are your opinions on it? I'm so glad you asked me this, Clues, because (laughs) I heard, you know, you guys have been a little down on the show. And I, at first I was like, you know, I love this season. Michelle's awesome. This is going back to its roots. I feel very, it feels very cozy and familiar. But this past episode, I was so bored and I was like, how many more times can we watch the same thing go down? Yes, it's getting harder. And I think you're not alone in that. We're going to get to later in this episode, the ratings of Tuesday night. But they were, how do you say, the worst in the history of the show. Are you serious? Of any main game, yeah. Still listen to your heart. It was still worse. But, uh... <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Poor listen to your heart, man. <laughs> that was such a doomed show from the start. I agree. We're entering an interesting time where they're really just turning out show after show after show after show, back to back to back to back to back. It's too much. People don't care. People are checking out. People don't care. Yeah. There's also a weird thing I think that's happening where the producers are really trying to maintain tight control of everything that's happening in the show, including social media or players coming in with strategies or even the idea that players want to come into the show to be famous and get social media. They're trying to like tamp that out, which is absurd. Their inability to accept what is happening to humanity as a culture, let alone American culture with with social media and stuff, I think is it's very detrimental to what the show is at this point. And I don't think they understand that. Yeah, they obviously don't. I heard that you guys think that it's almost running itself into the ground at this point because they know that the end is in sight. Do you still believe that? Yeah, to some degree. Network television is dying. Right. Everyone who works in it knows that, especially scripted. Scripted TV is like on network TV, I think is... On its last legs? I don't know. Yeah. 10 years away. Like I could see in the next couple of years, certain networks not even doing half hours anymore Yeah. because they're just not fucking profitable. Yeah. They've cut them down. Oh, totally. They almost, they don't produce any of them. When I was first cutting my teeth as a young man <laughs> in the network television game, <laughs> networks would buy 80 fucking half hour pilot scripts what? a season. Every network would buy that. Wow. And so you would sell them your script. They would make 10 or 12 fucking pilots. They would put two or three to series every season. That shit don't happen anymore at all. Those numbers are fucking long gone. And I don't think that's ever coming back just because the ratings are just, they're in the toilet for everything. I believe The Bachelor will outlive us. I think it'll go to streaming. Oh, for sure that'll happen. And it will never die. It will never die. I totally agree with that. Do you think the ratings are low because it's getting diluted with the streaming, with the Hulu? Yeah. Yeah, that's a part of it for sure. But also the quality of the product is Mm -hmm. at this point, not good because these ratings, while they are going down, comparatively speaking, every season, I I don't want to start getting into our gains, but let's just say the Bachelorette usually, even though the ratings are getting worse and worse, it usually wins its its night still, at least in the demo. Yeah. And like I said, I don't want to give any spoilers, but that may or may not be happening this week. Wow. What would have won? What won the night? Whatever was on CBS, Fox, and NBC. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because for so many years, it was able to stand like above all the other reality TV in a way. Like it was on its own level. Yeah. 
And yeah, you're right. It was treated as more of a sport then. It was like appointment viewing every Monday night. It was just like Monday night football for a different audience. You're so right. Get your wine out. Get your girls together. Yeah. I think the pandemic fucked it up. Those bubble seasons were very hard to watch, but also the viewing habits of the average viewer were also drastically impacted. You couldn't have bachelor parties. You couldn't have viewing parties. Those are starting to come back now, but the habit has been broken. Obviously, we're looking at Michelle Young's season. Yeah. People aren't watching this fucking season. Like no one's watching it. Yeah. I think hopefully 26 will will get us back on track a little bit. Return to the mansion, international travel. We still don't know much about Clayton Eckerd and oh, why they've I mean, selected him and all that shit. But what the world? I mean, he I, he looks just like Nick and Peter and those seasons did well, I guess. So maybe it'll be fine. Yeah. And we have had traditionally some seasons like Ari Lyondike season when he was selected as Bachelor. I remember people were just like, who? Why? What the fuck? This is going to suck. That's and true. then that season comes out and you're like, oh, that's one of the best seasons that's ever <laughs> fucking been produced. <laughs> Great girls on that season. We got to give it up for oh, those girls. Uh, the players on that season were just Amazing. like stellar. Yep. Fucking stellar. And he yep. was exactly the right kind of... <laughs> Awkward. You know, <laughs> stupid, awkward ability to be manipulated by the producers, like all of it in kind of this perfect package. Yes. And maybe Clayton will will have those things. We don't know. But yeah. as of right now, I'm just curious to see where the game goes. And I think the pandemic has a lot to do with it. And I think now that we're kind of starting mm-hmm. to come out of it, people are going back to bars. People are they hanging are. out with their friends and shit again. I think the, the tradition of like bachelor viewing parties is going to start to come back. I'm hoping it comes back in January with 26, like yeah. a formal reintroduction to the show we all loved, to the beautiful game. And Jesse Palmer, you think he's going all the way? You think he's going to stick around after this season? Yes. Yeah. He's the new host for every show. He is? How do you know that? That's just a guess. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Or is it? Oh, it's just got some insight into it. I have astral projected into yeah. the mansion where they're signing <laughs> his contracts. Um, Rochelle, you are a student of this game. You host your own podcast yes. with Jono, yes. Walk You Out. Yes. What did you think about Bachelor in Paradise? Brendan and Piper, specifically that storyline. Okay. It's so absurd because literally all of them are thinking, I said on my podcast, it's Fight Club. You're not allowed to talk about Fight Club, mm-hmm. which which mm. is like, it's everybody knows they're there for the Instagram followers, but you're not allowed to say that. And that was their fatal flaw is that they said it out loud, but in such a cocky way that was confusing, to be honest. However, it did seem like the producers were punishing them for that. Yeah in a very blatant way to say like, listen, no one's allowed to talk about that. In the same way Jamie talked about the viewers before he got let go. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not allowed to to be aware that you're on a show. Especially if you're someone that the producers don't like. I would wager right. many people have had very similar conversations, but they yeah. are people that producers want to support, want to protect. And so yes. you'll never see that footage. Yes. But if you're a villain or if you're somebody the producers have open disdain for, like mm-hmm. Brennan Piper, mm-hmm. they're going to fucking use that in the worst way possible against you. Yeah. Or do you think most people are smart enough to not say that to producers? It depends on who they are. If you're somebody like Becca Kufrin, she can do whatever she wants. They're going to protect her in the edit every time because she hosts their biggest official podcast. And their live show. And their live show. Yeah. Crazy. And she came back to paradise. It's it's like, it depends on who you are. 
if you're kind of an upstart or if you're somebody who finished in the top six of your season and you're just coming on paradise to try and get up to a million (laughs) or whatever, it's like you have to fucking tread lightly because they will destroy anybody if they really want to. Look what they did to fucking Ivan Hall. He was like a beloved player. They planted a fucking cell phone in his room specifically to reprimand him for using it. Oh, is that what they were doing? They were punishing him for something? We think it was punishing him for the ultimatum saying he wouldn't go on Paradise if Chris Harrison was hosting. Oh my gosh. See, I could get on board with that because I didn't buy this whole phone thing. Didn't make a lick of sense to me. Yeah, it was a setup. Yeah, it's a setup. Totally. 100%. But I couldn't understand why. Now I kind of do. I, I'm I'm on board with that for sure. They definitely punish people. Don't you think it's weird that Brett Vergara is not allowed to do his podcast anymore? Wait, what? What? You know he's not doing his podcast anymore. No. I I was unaware of any of this. He's not allowed? I have a theory he's not allowed. By who? Because why wouldn't he do it? He's a, like one of the most popular Bachelor commentators. Who do you think is disallowing him to do this? He's the one that he started that, what was it called? To get the first black Bachelor in. It was like... Bachelor Diversity. Yeah, he was one of the heads of those and caused all the chaos. And I think that they reached out to him and were like, listen, dude, we don't want you doing this anymore like take a step back you can still tweet your tweets but like no more of this but he doesn't work for them maybe they paid him is this too crazy even for you guys (laughs) i mean look we love conspiracy theories we'll entertain them all i love i love brett and i think he's awesome and i'm just like why isn't he doing his podcast i don't know i mean maybe he got tired It's like a lot of work to do a podcast. You've shown us a new secret chamber in the bottom of the pit that not even (laughs) we have been in. I hope there's like this really long tangent in Bachelor the Musical about like a popular (laughs) Bachelor blogger who gets fucked by ABC. And people are like, this is really taking a turn and going down a rabbit hole here. It's like, these are hilarious jokes. Then it's like- This guy Brent Vengana is really focusing on him. The stage goes black. It's a single spotlight. Lin-Manuel Miranda is sitting in a chair. Just direct addressing the audience. I had a Bachelor podcast. <laughs> but then ABC told me I couldn't do it anymore and my life changed that night. Oh wow. Now I feel really crazy. And that's okay. Sometimes you need that. You need a little, you know, slap in the face to be like, okay, I've gone too far into the pit. Lean into it. Only way out is through. Dive in. I think you need to start a whole Reddit thread on this and devote probably two or three years to it, <laughs> the study of it. And then you'll really see what it's about. I love it. I love it. I do want to, I told you this, but I want to fly you guys out to see the show because I just know you'd love it. I just know it. I want to see it so badly. Is it ever going to be in LA? Yeah, it will be in LA. I'm there for LA. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much, Rochelle, for joining us for the State of the Game. And good luck with your show. We hope everybody out there goes to see it. Please come. It is Bachelor the Musical. It's at the Apollo Theater in Chicago. And also tune in to Walk You Out, the podcast that Rochelle does with Jono. Thank you. It's a fantastic podcast. You guys are hilarious. It's so funny. Thank you. You guys have been on it multiple times. So thank you for being guests as well. Our pleasure. Anytime. And is there anywhere people can find you, your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever you want, wherever you want people to go, where should they go? Yeah, you can follow Bachelor of the Musical on Twitter at Bachelor of the Musical. I mean, sorry, on TikTok. It's bigger on TikTok. And then on Instagram at Bachelor of the Musical, I'm at at Reeshmese, R-E-E-S-H-M-E-E-S-E. 
on Instagram. Yeah. Let's talk about The Bachelor. That was a fantastic conversation with Rochelle Meese. Again, we wish her luck with Bachelor the Musical, which is going to hit the stage in Chicago at the Apollo this January. Everybody check it out. And now we're going to move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all the movements in the parasocial world, in the numbers associated with people's names, all the different players of our beloved game, and we talk about the ratings of our show. This is... This Week in... Games. This is the portion of our show every week in which we submit ourselves to the torture of discussing the ratings for <laughs> Bachelorette Season 18. What has so far been the worst-rated season of a main game in the history of the sport? We regret to inform you that this week... The numbers hit an all-time low, sliding 16% in the demo. Tuesday's offering delivered a paltry 0.56 rating with 2.5 million total viewers, which was down about 6% from last week. These numbers are certainly alarming, but even worse than the raw numbers was the fact that not only did The Bachelorette not win Tuesday night, it got crushed. ABC hit rock bottom for the two hours that The Bachelorette airs, getting beat by The Voice on NBC FBI on CBS, and even The Resident on Fox. The Bachelorette was the worst-rated and least-watched show across the four major networks. We believe this is a first in the history of the main game. Although there is still a healthy amount of the season left, and the playoffs and finals do usually produce a little bump in the numbers, it seems incredibly unlikely that Michelle Young is going to be able to turn this sinking ship around. Is this a symptom of ABC producing too much of the show too fast? A force feeding of mediocre product that has most of the original audience tapping out and moving on? Yes. <laughs> I wrote that. I was like, what else can I write here and give some like flowery analysis? Of it? I was like, no, that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. Now let's move on to the top five gains chart for the players of Bachelorette season 18 since 11421. The gold medal in gains once again goes to nothing but Nate, the sales executive from the North, Nate Olukoya. He gained 11.6K Instagram followers this week, bringing him to 63.8K total for his colorful narration, his bachelorette's preference at the group date after party, his 4TRR apology play, his rivalry with Chris S, bringing the word dweeb back into the lexicon, and of course, his continued charminance play. The silver medal in gains goes to the traveling nurse recruiter from Portland, Oregon, Brandon Jones. He gained 8,065 followers, bringing him to 16.1K total for an almost 200% gain for his continued 4TRR play on the group date and his blocked first responder at that cocktail party. The bronze medal in gains goes to... A newcomer on the gains chart, the medical sales representative of the LA icons, Rick Leach, a.k.a. Table Rick. He gained 3,960 followers this week, bringing him to 8,451 followers total for his strong PTC play on his 101, his extraction of a love level one from Young, and being the first player all season to play a love level three, securing him that one-on-one rose. Very strong week for our little lettuce wrap. He's also called Tabletop. I'll never fucking forget that shit when they did the Top Gun date or whatever and his fucking call sign was Tabletop. Jesus Christ. Fourth place goes to the personal trainer from Miami, Martin Gelbspan. 
He gained 3.1K this week, bringing him to 19.1K total for his strong wall and chemistry play on his one-on-one date, his loaded love level one, and getting that one-on-one rose. Fifth place in gains goes to another Tarts newcomer, the IT analyst from Newark, New Jersey, Olumide Olu Anajide, a.k.a. Swolu. He gained 2,865 followers this week, bringing him to 11.6K total for his ab-punching game free play antics, his voluntary nudity play during the group date competition, his second and first audience tier play for sharing his sister's mirror PTC and for securing the group date rose. I can't help but think about the stomach punch game that he played and how he misplayed it. (laughs) He dismissed... The Bachelorette from participation in this game because Mm -hmm. he was trying to show how strong he was. I want this NFL guy, Clayton Eckerd, to punch me as hard as he can. He's the biggest guy, biggest muscles. Look, I'll show you how strong I am. He should have asked Michelle Young to punch him in the stomach as hard as she could. He should have asked Michelle Young if he could punch her in the stomach. I don't know about that one. I don't know (laughs) if that's going (laughs) to, I don't know if that's the right play. But I was just thinking to myself, like, he should have involved her in that. It would have gotten you more screen time out of it. No, he dismissed her. He shouldn't have done that. Congratulations, nonetheless. Fifth place is great. And now let's talk about the gains for the crown. Michelle Young herself, she has gained 11,000 Instagram followers this week, bringing her to 590,000 total. She's gained 1.4K Twitter followers this week, bringing her to 18.9K total. And we're still wondering, is it even possible for her to hit a million? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Not with these ratings. Not with the ratings. And I think just the gains for crowns generally in these bubble seasons. That's not true, though, because Tasha fucking crushed it. She destroyed the million ceiling. Yeah. But Tasha already had a lot. Right. She had like 700 going in. Claire had 600 and some when she went in and she barely cracked. But Claire only had one episode. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> she had very little screen time. But then Katie Thurston just limped across the finish line and she's now sub 1 million again. Yeah. I feel like it's getting harder for leads to crack the million at least in these bubble seasons and maybe it is again a mm-hmm. symptom of just the fucking tonnage. We've got so many shows and people can't focus in on one or two players and really follow them but We wish her luck. I hope that she cracks a million. I hope that that stat Mm -hmm. kind of maintains that if you're a crown, you'll get a million. That's a guarantee. Unless you're Rachel Lindsay. Unless you're Rachel Lindsay. But since Rachel Lindsay, every other crown has gotten Mm -hmm. a million until potentially this moment. Now for the top five chart total. As of today, Thursday, November 11th, nothing but Nate Olukoya maintains the lead at 63.8K. Our next crown and master of the Clayton rotation, Clayton Eckerd, Sits in at 38.1K. Quiet confidence man Joe Coleman has jumped up to third place at 20.6K. And the bleached adrenaline junkie with walls Martin Gelbspan is in fourth place at 19.1 thousand. And rounding out the top five is Brandon Jones, who overtook Lil Willie this week with a total of 16.1K total. It's an interesting chart. Nate is basically double the next closest. I don't think that's going to change much. I think he's going to run away with this. Whatever the top number is going to wind up being, I'm very curious to see that too. Do any of these guys crack 500K? Clayton. Right. Yeah, maybe Clayton. Eventually. (laughs) If they ever announce him as Bachelor, they're just not even going to announce him until night one. They're going to be like, oh, here. (laughs) Yeah. Even then, they deny. They're just like, who is this guy? How'd he get on the set? We don't even know. Is he the Bachelor? I don't know. 
But we are going to be discussing Clayton and the lack of announcement in our very next segment where we talk about all of those juicy tids that have happened. Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims game of roses is sponsored by better help clues uh we all carry around different stressors big and small and if you keep them all bottled up it can affect you negatively Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that well if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online 
It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. This week, this is... Bachelor Nation News. The New York Influence tops the news this week for their stellar turnout at Sunday's New York City Marathon. Seven heavy hitters from the Influence turned out to run in the event, which got coverage across all major Bachelor Nation outlets and a tidal wave of parasocial coverage from the players themselves, as well as onlookers who, in some cases, used the Marathon's app to see where their favorite players were along the course so they could get some video and photos of them passing by. While all of these New Yorkers performed well, some performed better than others. Bringing up the rear of the Bachelor Nation pack was Popeye. The Bachelor from season 24 and recent children's book author crossed the finish line with a time of 5 hours, 16 minutes, and 9 seconds. Finishing just ahead of Weber were the most recent Bachelor, Matt James, with a time of 5 hours, 2 minutes, 23 seconds, and his longtime BFF, the reigning male IG champion, Tyler Cameron, with a time of 5 hours, 2 minutes, 16 seconds. This powerhouse dynamic duo ran the entire race together right up until the end, and so did the third and fourth place finishers, Tasha Adams and Zach Clark, who crossed the finish line at the exact same time of four hours, 40 minutes, and 24 seconds. So cute to see a couple doing that together. And D-Man 43, Dustin Kendrick himself took second place honors with a time of four hours, 21 minutes, and 42 seconds, and the first place medal. Among the New York influence players that participated went to Dr. Joe Park, who completed the 26.2 mile run in a blazing fast time of three hours, 21 minutes, 20 seconds. Owie. That's fucking astounding. They, I was looking up the times. I think the winner of the whole marathon ran it in like two hours and something. So it's like he's up there. I don't know what his, his final finishing place was, but... Yeah, Joe Park is in some good cardio shape. Fast. Probably from all that you can. Could be. Congrats <laughs> to all of the influencers who came out to this event. They really put the LA icons to shame this week. We could find no evidence that any of the icons participated <laughs> in the LA Marathon, which happened on the same day here in sunny Los Angeles. A mistake. I don't think this mistake is going to be made again. I think <laughs> all of the icons saw what happened this year. I mean, mm -hmm. this shit was covered in us. We Everything. Cosmo, all the usual yeah. outlets, plus just so many fucking posts about it from all kinds of people. I think the LA icons took notice. I think you're going to see basically all of mm. them running the marathon next year. I love this. A parasocial prediction. Speaking of the LA icons, one of the team's anchors is in the news this week. The man goat, Nick Vial, got some press in the nation for what is looking like a near future proposal to his girlfriend, Natalie Joy. Us Weekly cited an exclusive source, Vial's publicist, who divulged they could be the next Bachelor Nation couple to get engaged. A proposal may happen very soon. 
The two-time runner-up is no stranger to proposals, having unsuccessfully popped the question to Andy Dorfman and Caitlin Bristow in their respective seasons of The Bachelorette, before selecting Anilene Sparkler for Jen Saviano on Bachelor in Paradise Season 3, then having a proposal accepted by Vanessa Grimaldi on Bachelor Season 21, only to see the relationship dissolve shortly thereafter. We wish the tattooed mumbler better luck this time around, and we can't wait to see the sheer star power that will be in attendance at this wedding of one of the most iconic LA icons of all time, who tears fairy tales to shreds on the daily. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Speaking of weddings, star Denver High player and Bachelor Season 20 lead Benjamin Higgins is going to tie the knot this weekend with his fiance Jessica Clark. As one of the most lauded bachelors in the history of the game, Higgins is drawing players from a wide variety of teams to this event, which will surely be one of the most important parasocial events of the year. The Aya Canetti's will be in attendance, along with Tropical Royale Becca Kufrin and her Paradise Paramour Thomas Jacobs. Deanie Babies and Kaylin Miller-Keys are slated to attend, along with Chase McNary, Baylock High, Chris Souls will make the trek to Tennessee from his cornfields, and notably, Caitlin Bristow's ring winner, Sean Booth, will be in attendance <laughs> with his nemesis, who he would only ever refer to as, in quotes, the other guy. That's right. Nick Vial will be there. Let's hope the wedding planner didn't seat these two rivals at the same table. (laughs) (laughs) Cute wedding humor. Thank you. And even the perpetual radio announcer voiced Wells Adams will render Usher duties. The Dark Lord will not, however, be in attendance as he and his new bride-to-be, Lauren Zima, are making dark plans of their own unholy union to take place in the near future. This event is slated to take place in Clark's native Tennessee this Saturday with a staggering three officiants. Higgins's pastor, Clark's pastor, and Higgins's parents' pastor. This staggering amount of Christian firepower will surely mean this happy couple will last for all eternity. I mean, how can it fail when you get the triple blessing from three separate people of God? That's the mistake that they made in his After the Final Rose. They flew out Higgins's pastor to try to get them to get married on on screen, but they forgot about Bushnell's pastor and Higgins's parents' pastor. You need the trifecta. Yeah. They were missing two pastors, or he would have done it for sure. Yeah. He's like, there's only a third of the pastors that I would like to be here. (laughs) So no. I need pastor overload or this wedding can't happen. Speaking of things lasting for all eternity, the emperor himself, Michael Fleiss, is in the news this week. The creator of our beloved game tweeted out a behind-the-scenes photo from filming and editing of Clayton Eckerd's upcoming Bachelor Season 26. Twitter users from the nation immediately took to replying with questions about the image, wondering if this was finally official confirmation from the franchise that Eckerd is indeed the next Bachelor. Fleiss, who we can only assume was reprimanded by his employer ABC, quickly deleted the tweet and replaced it with a tweet that simply read, whoopsie. (laughs) We still don't understand why ABC hasn't made an official announcement of Eckerd as the season 26 Bachelor. 
despite both the host of the season, Jesse Palmer, and now the creator of the show, posting images of Eckerd as The Bachelor to their various social media accounts. It seems that no one at ABC has any idea how to promote season 26 or how to even set a timeline for an official announcement that anyone adheres to or cares about. Clayton Eckerd, who has barely been included in the edit of Michelle Young's season 18 of The Bachelorette, is The Bachelor for season 26. That's a fact. We don't know why he was selected, why the producers in ABC have chosen to give him such an inconsequential edit, or why they seem adamant about not officially announcing him, even though everyone already knows. Fleiss is tweeting it. Uh, Jesse Palmer has a fucking picture with his arm around him, and it says, looking forward to your season of The Bachelor. I don't understand what is happening here at all. It's a complete breakdown of the system, in my opinion. It doesn't make any sense. And... Even if they announced it now, you'd at least maybe get some people try to catch up on Michelle Young's season to catch him in it. I completely fucking agree. At this point, Michelle Young's season is sinking like a fucking rock. You have to do anything you can to turn that around. This is something they have in their arsenal. I don't know why they're not doing it at this point. Do it. I I truly don't know why his edit is like it is. He's not in this show. I guess we're going to see him... Go on a one-on-one date at some point? I mean, we haven't seen a one-on-one date with him in the promos, have we? No. We do see him cry, so something has to happen. This is brings me back to what I was saying earlier. When we first started talking about this, I think something happens that draws him out of the game. Some kind of tragedy at home or something. Mm. So he then becomes victimized, and we all know our beloved game rewards the victim. You could potentially get a crown out of that. Well, you know my theory, which is that he has a seven-part PTC. All of his limbs are now robots. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first Android Bachelor. Yeah. That's why he doesn't like sweets. The sugar will gum up his internal workings. His robotic stomach can't handle it. Yeah, he just like learned his like AI from like Snapple cap tops. So he's like, are hot dog sandwiches? <laughs> he was a fucking Snapple cap top sorting robot in the Snapple factory before they turned him into the bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> he was like spinning around in the factory a lot. So now he just likes to spin. It just feels good. It's the only way he feels normal. <laughs> so it's the only way he can sleep. That's what he would have to do in the end. Yeah. To like get all the bottles in the right place before they would shut him down for the night. This all makes perfect sense. You heard it here first. Yeah. You're still following along if you're still here with us on this podcast at this point. Thank you. And uh, we are telling the exact truth. He is a robot and he worked in the Snapple factory. Now we're going to move on to that segment of our program in which we discuss all the plays that our players are making outside of the main game and on their telephones on their computers, on those social media pages, on their tumblers, etc. This is the parasocial play 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 of the week. A player from Sean Lowe's Bachelor season, Sarah Heron, posted a fantastic ad for Fitbit this week in which she shows herself paddleboarding, talks about the ways she's been underestimated but is actually very strong. The caption reads, If I had a dime for every time someone assumed that I'm helpless or incapable of doing a simple task, 
I'd be a very rich lady. I'm sure some folks do a double take when they see me roll up with my paddleboard, wondering how the heck I'm going to do that with one hand. But then I get to show them just how strong I am. Hashtag ad, hashtag what's strong with you at Fitbit. This post has 11.9K likes. Katie Thurston also dipped her toe into that parasocial pool this week with a seven minute, 20 second video giving tips on how to not only get into The Bachelor, but how to make it on any reality show. This video was fucking fantastic. Great parasocial gaze, as always. She is giving very coherent tips. Anybody out there, follow them all. Add one tip to it. Hire me as your coach. Other than that, she had it (laughs) perfectly nailed. And this video has 305,000 views and 10.5 thousand likes. Would have been the winner if she added in DM Bachelor Clues to be your coach. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Emmanuel Acho posted his reunion with Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell to his Instagram main grid this week. The post has 33.7K likes. Greg Grippo and Andrew Spencer made a cameo on the Drew Barrymore show and proclaimed they are both single and looking. It's always great to see when players can get sucked up into that main A-list fame world. Mm Mm-hmm. Chelsea Vaughn and Abigail Herringer posted a reel on Instagram of them checking out Michelle Young's men. That post has 355,000 views and 16.1K likes. It was a fantastic post. Chelsea Vaughn, very funny in this post. Please check that out. Blake Hordsman, a.k.a. Belakai, is in this list this week. He made a main grid post with a picture of himself and Elise Delbaum who self-eliminated during Colton Underwood's 23rd season with the caption, well, everyone say hi to at Elise Michelle underscore M-U-A. Most of you know her already. Lol, my new roomie, photographer, and photo editor. We will see how long it takes for her to get sick of me. Monkey covering his eyes emoji. Hashtag, <laughs> no, we aren't dating, just roommates. Hashtag, at least I have a photographer now. Hashtag, my content <laughs> is about to be fire. <laughs> <laughs> These hashtags are so fucking long and hard to read. Will this parasocial dynamic duo be enough to propel the Denver high up those team ranks? T-dub-T, a.k.a. time will tell. We had a couple strong plays from the rookies of Michelle Young's season. Casey Woods embraced the memes of himself, comparing him to Dax Shepard with a two-slide post comparing their faces and the hashtag Dax Shepard doppelgang. Post has 808 likes. Adrenaline and Walls junkie Martin Gelbspan posted a bunch of pictures of his one-on-one racing date with Michelle Young and included in the caption his group date spoken word poem to Michelle that, in quotes, since the world didn't get to see the poem, I read to you, end quote. This post has 2.6 thousand likes. All of these were strong parasocial plays, but there can only be one winner. Well, technically two. Our parasocial play of the week goes to a brand new dynamic duo, Andrew Spencer and the Dark Seeker herself, Grace Ann Parks. The Dark Seeker took to the mean streets of New York City to flex a little of her own New York influence status to meet up with shy style master Greg Grippo and Bachelorette season 17 favorite Andrew Spencer. Parks crinkled them both early copies of How to Win the Bachelor and secured multiple images with each of them one of which Spencer himself posted to his Instagram story with a caption that read simply, hashtag P-P-O-T-W. Thanks and congratulations go out to Spencer for this stellar play. 
And to the dark seeker goes our humble gratitude and awe at the parasocial power she wielded this week, showing us what the true power of the New York influence is all about. This shit was staggering to me. This is... I, I don't even know how to put words around it. This is the glorification of the game. It is now happening. Dark Seeker is the shining point of the spear as we move ahead into this new, brave new world of gore interacting with Bachelor players. This was fantastic to see. Gorifying the Big Apple. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Dark Seeker. Thank you, Andrew Spencer. And this week also produced some incredible parasocial creature play. Brandon Jones posted a five-slide Instagram post with his dog, Mac. A random corgi not only got to kiss the goat, but landed a permanent spot on Caitlin Bristow's main grid. But there was only one parasocial creature of the week. Nate Olukoya's dog, Percy, absolutely crushed all other creatures this week in an Instagram story written, produced, and directed by Olukoya himself. The two-part video features Percy lazing away in a human bed while Nate's hand reaches into frame to deliver some face rubs and gentle pets. Percy <laughs> clearly knows the benefits of a close-up as this canine beauty delivers a parasocial gaze that would make a Lessie Lion Dyke jealous. And the entire thing is scored by Kanye West's Good Morning. This was an astounding creature play and left us no choice but to award Percy with the parasocial creature of the week. Congratulations, Percy. And now we come to that time in the show. If you've listened once or twice before, you know what's about to happen. Pace Case and I are about to cut the rope and fall straight down to the bottom of the pit and dig around in the darkest waters where we discuss how our relationship with our beloved game is drastically affecting our lives. This is... Screams from the pit! Well, I already know what your scream is this week, so I know mine is not going to beat it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I will share mine. (laughs) Right. I thought The Bachelor, Bachelorette, etc. has taken over my life. But I don't know if I truly felt that in my bones until last night. As you may have heard earlier in this episode, we have started recording the audiobook for How to Win the Bachelor. And I did the first part last night until I was famously completely hoarse. And when I, <laughs> when I was reading it out loud to myself, I was like, oh my God, we've done it. I started to think that we were geniuses and I realized that I had started to drink our own Kool-Aid and I had to pull myself back and be like, no, this is about The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just reading our own commentary at 3 a.m., completely delirious. But yes, I do think we are going to revolutionize the audiobook genre and clues. I hope it is okay with you that I made the artistic decision to do my chapters completely in a witch's voice. Chapter two, the preseason. If you literally are doing that, <laughs> wait till you hear what I'm fucking doing. This is going to be the craziest <laughs> fucking audiobook that has ever been produced. We are going to revolutionize the audiobook genre. Whoever listens to this is going to come out of it as insane as we are. A hundred percent. Are you also doing a witch? Uh, Something. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm not doing. I'm not doing a witch. I don't think you're doing a witch either. But no, I'm not. I'm not doing it normal. I'll say that. I'm making it entertaining. I'm trying to spice it up. Mm. But I love the scream. I have had similar moments where I mean we've reread this book now a thousand times a piece, and now we're having to read it out loud, and it is kind of like a hall of mirrors where like the thing that we've been mm-hmm. immersed in for two fucking years is just being reflected back on us again and again and again and again. It's like we look up now and it's not just like the hole of the fucking pit up there. There's like 50 fucking holes. You don't know which one's real. Even if you wanted to try to escape, it's probably a fucking illusion. You'd get up to the top and like <laughs> run into a pane of glass and be like, what the fuck? I'm still trapped in here. There is no escaping it at this point. We're surrounded by it. It flows through us like the force. I mean... Look, I don't think I'm ever going to stop watching the show. So if it outlives me, that'll be my whole life. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. And speaking of never stopping watching the show, <laughs> my scream <laughs> from the pit is... How do I even say this out loud? How do I even admit this? Yes. <laughs> I did something this weekend that I'm not proud of, but it had to be done. I didn't really have a choice. The thought came into my mind. And I was like, well, if you don't do this now, you're just going to do it tomorrow or the next day <laughs> or the next day. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. I queued up and I watched the first episode of Bachelorette season one. I realized as we're doing this audiobook and we're going through our revisions and all this shit, I'm starting to already think of the next hyper binge and I'm missing the feeling of it. That's the true scream, is that this time yeah. in our lives, which, granted, the hyperbinge was a, an accomplishment. I did have that feeling when we finished it, like, holy fuck, I can't believe we did this. That said, it also was a time of pure madness. We descended at that point, I think, to a, a level of the pit that, like, I think even now we've kind of ascended a little bit. We're a few inches above that level. You know what I mean? The hyperbinge was yeah. like the darkest part of it. We're taking weekends now. Yeah, exactly. We have a little time off here and there. We're not meticulously transcribing every play that's ever been made during all waking hours. But I watched this first episode. I didn't take notes. I didn't put any data into the grid. I just wanted to see what it would be like to go back and watch it. And I did watch it on two times speed, by the way, to see like what that was like again, to get that fucking hit, that dopamine, that fucking rush. And I got it. It felt fucking real good. It took Every ounce of self-control I had to not go right into episode two, three, four, five, and just keep going. It was like a drug. I felt like an addict and it fucking just tapped right back into that thing in my brain that was like, yes, you need this. I did enjoy it. I mean, for what it's worth, is this bad for my mental health? Is it bad for me generally? I don't know, but I liked it. And that is my fucking scream. I can tell you how to kick the habit. A bachelorette? You're, you're going to replace it with fucking housewives or something? No, you take notes. <laughs> you fucking do the stats. <laughs> That's true. It, that does take away a little of the pleasure of it for sure. But I was, I just didn't know what to expect, generally speaking, when I queued this up. I'm glad that I did it. I was able to stop after one episode, but I have that taste of it again. And I'm like, I'm fucking ready for that Bachelorette hyper binge. I'm fucking real ready. I... Couldn't believe it when you told me that you had done this. I have yeah. I have goosebumps right now, but just the way you're talking about it. Because <laughs> you feel it too. My body is like, no. <laughs> do not but your do this. heart is like, yes. It's 4TRR. <laughs> Look, I am very curious though. And I do feel like 
when we discuss the bachelorette and when we give our stats, I'm like, I do feel like something is missing because we have to, you know, put that little asterisk we're talking about in bachelor. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And for what it's worth, especially there was a piece of it like that season aired in 2003, I believe. It takes you right back. And that part of it, of the hyper binge for me, like a huge part of it was getting to see the evolution of the game through those eras, through those times. It is a time capsule. And it's like fucking bubble seasons, fucking COVID. That won't come for another 18 years. (laughs) You know, it's the tone of it, the way it's Uh treated, how the show is produced. It's just that classic era shit that is like, you don't get that any other way. It doesn't exist like that now. You know, there's something in it that is like, I know back then everybody was doing cocaine and having sex with each other who produced the show, but it still Mm -hmm. feels more pure. It feels more (laughs) 4TR. You know what I mean? They masked that shit better, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Instagram wasn't a thing. Yeah, exactly. None of that. The fame elements of it. It's like, and that season, she winds up with the fucking guy, the ring winner. They're still together. They have kids and shit. Well, I heard it theory about that which is that they knew each other before Mm, interesting well we may never know we'll have to do some deep research on that but that was my Mm -hmm. scream and now we are going to listen to a scream from v merc v merc is a member of our discord which you can access if you go to patreon.com slash game of roses And if you get into our Discord, you can upload your own screams. And we're going to listen to one of them every week here and analyze it. Your scream has to be a minute or under. But if they are funny, if they are terrifying, if they are just honest, we may air them here and listen to them. So here is a scream from V. Merck. Hello to the pit. Um, So this is my scream. My husband and I wrote our own vows for our wedding. And the bachelor slash bachelorette made it into both of our vows, but that's not the scream. So my vows said um, that basically, thank you for playing in my bachelor fantasy league. And my husband's vows said, I vow to watch the bachelor with you for 50 more years. But again, not, that's not necessarily the scream. The scream is that when my husband said, I vow to watch the bachelor with you for 50 more years, all I could hear in my head was clues talking about the ratings. And I had a brief like out of body experience where I worried whether or not The Bachelor will survive for another 50 years and went like into my pit and started thinking about the ways to make it survive. Within like 10 seconds, I was back in my body, but just just enough to like miss out on part of the vows of my wedding. That's how deep in the pit I am. Oh my God. Uh, this is a dark scream. I mean, I'm going to rate this one as one of the darkest I've ever heard. Definitely. This uh, person has dissociated during their wedding vows and is hearing just your voice talking about bachelorette readings. V. Merck, you have my sincere apologies. I never meant for this to happen. I never wanted to be in your head during your wedding vows. Please rest assured. I, I believe the show will last for 50 years. It's probably just not going to be on network TV. We've talked about this a bunch. It'll ultimately go to a streaming service where it will live forever. Network TV is just dying. And the network that controls the production of The Bachelor, ABC, doesn't understand how to do anything. They're dinosaurs. Those people will all go by the wayside and then HBO Max will have The Bachelor. That's where it will, I think, live forever. So 
you and your husband are going to get to watch this until your dying day. Or maybe you won't die. Maybe you'll be digitally immortal, as will we all. Hmm. Some hope. I love the presentation of the scream. She's like, so we both had the bachelor in our vows. That's not the scream. There was just like level on level of this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're like, I don't even register it as a scream that we both discussed the bachelor in our wedding vows. But like, I don't I don't think that's a scream either because there's people who get married for whatever in the style of their fandoms, the NFL, Harry Potter, whatever they may both be into Disney stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that to me is Game just sure. This is just another version of that. This is a thing that both of these people who love each other also love this thing. And so they include a funny little reference to it in their vows. Fine. The true scream, I think she's right, is that as he says this, as her husband-to-be in this moment, pledging his eternal undying love to her. Probably crying. Says, I want to watch The Bachelor with you for 50 years. <laughs> all of it, yeah. Tearsing, 4TRRing, all of it. Her mind is going to, wait a minute, will the show last 50 years? That's scary. That's a frightening thing. But we thank you for sharing it and being honest about it because I think a lot of us are in this place in the pit where when anything happens in our lives, the first thing we think of is, wait a minute, how does this affect The Bachelor or will The Bachelor have some effect on this thing? Clues is like, don't worry about it. I was astral projecting in your general state that day. <laughs> yeah, I was at your wedding. That's why you heard me in your mind. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah, thank you so much for this. Congratulations on finding your true love. May it live forever in the clouds. And thank you for everyone for joining us this week for This Week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you've enjoyed all the tids, all the screams, all the parasocial plays, all the games. We hope you've enjoyed our state of the game with Rochelle Meese. And again, please go check out bachelorthemusical.com. Get your tickets if you're going to be in Chicago. Or if you want to make a pilgrimage to Chicago for this blessed event, please feel free to do that as well. I might do it. No shit. I'm like, I have a friend who lives in Chicago who I have been meaning to visit for a while. I'm like, oh, we'll see. We'll see how how cold I get in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, I think that might that might have some <laughs> impact on this decision. But yeah. thanks again, everyone, for joining us. And we will have a very special Digging Deeper out for you on Monday. We have some incredible podcasts that we are going to be going through that cover a wide variety of subjects. There is one clip that we're going to be covering that implies, if not directly, outright states that Bachelor Season 26, Clayton Eckerd, has some incredibly hot tea that cannot be revealed by this person who knows it. So we're going to be analyzing that as well as a whole host of other things. Please join us for that on Monday. You just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit and you'll get access to that entire episode. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,172 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then
If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. 
and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 